Welcome back to Bible Love. We are uh, both back from vacation. It's a little chaotic. You know, it's the first day back after all of this. And so not sure what day it is. This comes out on Thursday. We're recording on Monday. And so Monday, uh, August 14th, is the feast day of Jonathan Daniels, who is near and dear to many folks in the Episcopal Church, particularly uh, Diocese of Alabama folks and folks who know the history of the, the civil rights movement. And so the colleague for this day, let us pray. O God of justice and compassion, who puts down the proud and mighty from their place and lifts up the poor and the afflicted. We give you thanks for your faithful witness, Jonathan Merrick Daniels, who in the midst of injustice and violence, risked and gave his life for another. And we pray that we, following his example, may make no peace with oppression. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, Alan, Jonathan Daniels means a lot to me. I went to seminary from the Diocese of Alabama, and there is a lovely pilgrimage every year, um, sort of the Saturday before Jonathan Daniels. And, you know, my dad was um, in Selma for a long time. And so to just learn about the way this man literally stepped in front of a gun to save two um, children as lives. And he died for that. And he never actually got to be ordained a priest. He was in seminary at the time. And um, we need to always lift up more people like that and remember them. So thank you, St. Jonathan, for your um, gifts and, and, and literally death for the church and for God's people. So, we had a great overview last week with Dr. Tony. I actually listened to it again yesterday, just sort of thinking about preparing for today. And what um, we're going to do is we're going to have two podcasts um, on Proverbs. So we're sort of we're sort of dividing it up into two sections. And the first one will be just Alan and I today. And then next week we'll have the venerable Janie Wilson join us. Um and, you know, I learned a lot about Proverbs from Dr. Tony. Um, I, I will admit I, I didn't know a lot about it. I think in my mind, I always went to that like Proverbs 31 woman, you know, and like kind of had a maybe a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth about it. And um, so I think Tony just did such an excellent job of sort of helping us to understand particularly how we need to be respectful to God and the righteousness of God. And I think sometimes that can feel um, uncomfortable maybe, but I think, it, I think it's really true and good and something that we need to remember that God is God and we are not that. We are not God. We are people who are humans and mess up every day but kind of knowing what the rules are, are not a bad thing. You know, we need to be reminded of that. What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, there's the thing, the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. You'll hear this and it, it's easy to remember. It's cute and it's fine as far as it goes. Um, Sorry, they're mowing outside my window. If you can hear that, I'm sorry. If I'm distracted, I'm sorry as well. Um, 
before anything, the Bible is a collection of stories. It's not like a to-do list. But then you get a book like Proverbs, right, where it does have these nuggets. But even there, like it doesn't, it helps you think about things. And that's what literature does, right? That's what wisdom literature does is it helps you. It doesn't tell you what to do. It helps you think about what to do. And so you can't just like, you know, there's there's the uh, old saying that you're going to open the Bible and do whatever it says on that page. And then you like open up and it's some scripture about like circumcision or something. Uh, right. Like you can't read the Bible that way. And even Proverbs, you can't read these 31 verses and say, I'm going to pattern my life after this because the context is so different or the language is flowery or whatever. But it can help us think about wisdom, right? Wisdom personified. Uh, it can help us think about character, like what are the the characteristics of of a person who desires God. It can help us think about those things, but we can't read it as, oh, it's going to tell me what to do. I think that's a really important point. So let's dig into this. So um, I like to um, use this book, um, How to Read the Bible, book by book by Gordon Fee. Um, And it helps me, and and maybe it would help some of our listeners, it really sort of breaks down um, each book of the Bible. And so the preamble, uh, so this would be um, chapter one, verses one through seven, is it's it sort of um, originates with Solomon, who is obviously known as the son of David, the king of Israel. And the purpose is sort of this to-do list, sort of here are things David is saying, this is how you live your life, and here are my suggestions, sort of. Um and so the prologue is um, is sort of an introduction of several things followed by a lesson itself. So we thought we would kind of go through each lesson. Um, and there are um, eight of or 10 lessons and then sort of the epilogue. So lesson one, which begins in cha- uh, again in chapter one, verses eight, is called warning and rebuke. So this is about um, a warning against sort of the enticements of wickedness and these plots of e- of evil against others um, and how you kind of avoid those, right? So if you think about it in life, there are wicked people out there, people that don't, you know, or have, have I don't even know how their hearts are that way because we're not that way. But, you know, there are people that are just sort of... Um, out there for themselves and are against other people. And it's all about them. Um, and there is evil in the world, you know, and as much as we want to show God's love always and show people that they're safe, always we, it, those things are real and they are part of life. And I think David is trying to say to Solomon, like, look for that, be, be aware of those kind of people. And then in the second, um, chapter, he kind of goes into more, it's called safeguarding against the wicked. And he kind of goes more into what he means by that. And this line right here is very interesting. It says, understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So we talked about this a little bit, Alan, last week when with Tony, I wanted to really clarify like that fear of the Lord. You know, the church has hurt people in, in lots of ways. And I think Tony helped us figure that out. It's not fearing it's more of 
um, a respect for the Lord. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is the person that we follow. And then that knowledge of God, you know, how do we know God? And if we do, maybe that fear won't be there. You know, maybe we will know we are safe in the Lord. Um, I'm curious what you think about that, though. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of folks who would think there would be a lot to fear about God, like the fear of the way we think about it, you know, judgment and hellfire and brimstone. And, and the church does plenty to make people afraid of that kind of the the straighten up or you're going to hell kind of theology. Um, I don't think that's what seeking to to live righteously, seeking to show that fear. It's more like awe. It's more, is how I understand it. It's more, that's yeah, God's really big. And like a kid or a dog or someone small looks up to a fully grown, a big whatever. And there's like awe. There's maybe a moment of, whoa, what is this? But, you know, if you know the love, you know, when I was holding my little boys as babies, they probably look at this giant person. They're like, there's that moment of what's going on. But then mm -hmm. as they grow, they realize they're safe, that I care about them. And so there's still that aspect of respect or awe or whatever. But but to get away from thinking the fear of the Lord is, you know, I have to do right or else. But to more, you know, it's awe-inspiring. Yeah. I love that word, awe. That's great. That's great. And I love the comparison with the child and a and a parent. Um, okay, so lessons three and four are um, talking about the value of wisdom. Um, and I particularly kind of drew, I kind of drew to this a little bit because, you know, in the Episcopal Church and, and certainly in other denominations, when we read the Bible, we think about this three legged stool, right? Your reason, um, the scripture and history. And so um, when I think about reason, I think about our intellect and our wisdom and what we've learned. And, you know, I, I'm sure you feel this way. Like as you grow older, you you really kind of learn what's important and what the wisdom is. And some of the best conversations I've had have been with some of my parishioners who are well into their 90s and have lived this very full life and they know they know what's going on they know like don't sweat the small stuff love 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 be kind um so a couple of things that um i thought were sort of important to um to point out here is in lesson three so this is verses one through ten um sets forth god's promises and the son's obligations love and faithfulness equals favor with god and people love and faithfulness we love that like that's who we are right and that makes us favor with god and god's people trust in the lord have humility tithings and offerings. Okay, I've started stewardship um, season right here. So again, this is one of those direct places where it says, got to give back to the Lord, right? And then we get into lessons four, lesson four, and it, it has these poems, which is more of the literature part of, um, of Proverbs. It sort of highlights wisdom. It's blessings and it's values. It's picking up this tree of life, um, that's sort of uh, poetic in there and another blessing again. So it, it to me, this is more of like a, one of the positive lesson, lessons that are here in Proverbs of wisdom, love, faith, 
um, abundance, tithings, offerings, humility. Um, those, those are just all things we can kind of get around, right? And all things we really want to feel like, not only that we're good people, but that we are like abiding in what it means to love God. Yeah, I think, you know, this is all, how do we cultivate virtue? How do we cultivate a character of a, of a we would say, a Christ follower? Um, you know, the writer of Proverbs wouldn't use that language, but how do we cultivate those ways of being um, truly human, truly who we're made to be? And it's the love and the faithfulness and the offerings and the generosity and all of these good characteristics that that we want to have we have to practice it um and so to to read in here these are good reminders that it's not a quid pro quo right it's not like you do this and god's going to rain down blessing there's folks that believe that they have probably a little misunderstanding of of how this whole operation works but but for us to become who god truly wants us to be um I think we do have to practice these these virtues, these characteristics. Yeah, and you know, really, sometimes I feel like, yes, it's hard because there are the people who are out for wickedness and evil and all of that. But, you know, I just think about in my daily life, if I walk into the gas station and I say, I hope you have a great rest of the day to the, to the gas station attendant, like, isn't that what God is asking of us or you know, when I walk into anywhere, the grocery store, any place I meet, you know, my favorite thing to do is at Aldi, you know, they have that 25 cent quarter that you put in. My favorite thing to do is to leave the quarter in there, you know, like it's a quarter, it's not the end of the world. And what a great blessing that is for someone else, you know, or, or, um, you know, a lot of people do this when they go through like the Starbucks line, you know, they pay for the person in the back or, whatever. I just feel like if we can create those blessings and those just like small little things, um, you know, I'm a note writer and people always say, you don't have to write me a note. And I'm like, I do love doing it because I'm praying for you and I'm thinking about you. And it's not just for me and it's, it's to love you and to share that with you. And so I think if we can just do those like really simple things in our lives every day, um, this is what we're talking, you know, there, there's just a lot of value to your life that comes from that. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think we, we would say, you know, Jesus calls us to be that person, to be kind, like love is seeking the good of the other, right? You know, there's way too much love in the world that's self-serving and what can I get out of it? Um, but, but we're called to, to look at it a different way. And, um, I don't want to overstate this because it can be to a fault, but self-sacrificial, right? Like we we're actually called to to love others um, more than we love ourselves in a sense. Um, Now that can get really abused and women in particular throughout history have been abused with, with language like that. But, but also this, right. The writer of Proverbs, this kind of wisdom, right. How can we find it in the rest of the world? Some of the kindest, most loving people I know don't go to church, don't care about church. Right. And so it going to church doesn't make you a good person. Um, you know, practicing these habits of generosity, practicing these habits of kindness, practicing these habits of virtue. Right. We as followers of Jesus think we have a way to practice that. Yeah. Um, but 
But I think the writer of Proverbs would have found that wisdom wherever, right? right? And and brought it into to their teaching, not just what they're learning in synagogue or what they're, you know, reading in the Torah. Um, but but how can we find these in the world around us? So half glass full person here is really grateful that the positive stuff is first because the next part is you know, a little bit hard. So lessons five through seven are titled the supremacy of wisdom. Um, You know, stay out of the way of wickedness, stay off the wrong way, um, stay the, stay the course. But then we get into some warnings about idolatry and folly and wickedness, and then further warning about idolatry and then more about the unfaithful wife, which is the part of Proverbs that feels sticky and hard because as a woman, it's laying a blame on a woman, right? And not that other people can't um, be a part of this. But it's interesting that there, to me, that there's a lot of focus on adult idolatry And one of the things I was thinking about is David is telling this to Solomon, the man who was very unfaithful in in many circumstances, but it might be one of those things of wisdom over life. Like I did the wrong thing. And so I want you to not do that. You know, um, attraction and, and um, filling our hearts in different ways is, is, is very human, but it's not God-like, you know, um, we all have had those moments where we're like, Oh, I'm unhappy. Let me, you know, this guy's cute or that, you know, whatever, like we, we, that's a human thing, but it's not the way of God. Um, but it's interesting to me that there is a lot of, of sort of instructions and lessons on this particular subject of idolatry. So, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that, you know, idolatry in the the simplest sense is putting others before God, worshiping idols, all of that. That's maybe the context that but like anytime we put something else at the 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 top of our mountain that we're going to, right? Whether it be work, whether it be church attendance, right? Like I'm whether it be I'm going to be the best Christian, right? Like we can get wrapped up in all sorts of things that take us away from focusing on loving others. And so, you know, David knows that better than anybody. And I think you're onto something about, you know, maybe this is wisdom of David seeing all the ways he screwed up and telling his kid, right? Like there's a better way. Um, you know, cause I think about, I've failed plenty in my life. I've, failed out of college. And so like, I can talk to the kid who's struggling in college, right? Not knowing what they're going to do. And I can say, look, I'm, I've literally been there. Right. Um, and so whatever you're going through, like I maybe have a sense of that. And so I can tell you some things that helped me and help you think about some things that maybe you're going through because we only can, can offer advice because we've learned it. Right. And usually we learn it um, the hard way. That's right. And and even though th- those mistakes or whatever um, can be some of the most painful things that we go through, um, 
I made a mistake um, just this morning on something and I'm feeling really anxious about it. I haven't heard the person respond back to me and I'm feeling, you know, that feeling in your gut where you're like, oh, I just feel anxious about this. But I, I think it's, you know, I also have to look at that as like a wonderful learning lesson too of like, this person doesn't respond well in this way or my words were not were hurtful and I didn't mean for them to be, but they were, you know, and how can I do better the next time? Um, I, I think this word wickedness is really, really tough for me. Um, I don't think I would ever describe anybody I ever met as wicked. Um, but I, I can understand those deep evils that are, you know, in the world. Um, I, I think all you have to do is like turn on the TV right now and you will, your heart will be filled with those things, which is why I don't turn on the TV very often because I don't want to be, you know, um, but also, you know, yesterday I, I did not preach and our deacon, um, Al Hip preached and he did a great t- job about talking about fear, you know, and, and it's why all these things are there and why we're kind of scared to, to move out of that, you know, and then I'm preaching this week and kind of also piggybacking on um, Matthew and, and saying, you know, the risk taking that's there, you know, and and what does it mean to step out and what does it mean to um, use your voice, you know? So I think these lessons are complicated again. Tony said this last week, like this is the time this was in You know, obviously women did not have the respect that they do now, um, even though we have more work to do in that area. Um, It it was a complicated time period. You know, order was being established. Things were being put down to to kind of learn. And so I do think that a good way to sort of look at it is the wisdom of a father to a child of these are mistakes that I made and I want your life to be different. You know, Um, I've had that experience and I'm sure you had that experience with your dad. I mean, personally, like from my dad's perspective, many times he's told me some things he did wrong in his ministry. And he's like, I'm not telling you this because I think you're going to do it wrong. I'm just advising you that this could happen. Right. And I'm sure you had some nuggets from your beloved dad, you know, and I know that you're doing that with your kids. And so I don't know, I, I like thinking about it in that realm of maybe again, that's the ha- the more positive side of me. But um, what can we learn from our elders? You know, where is that wisdom? And there's a lot. There's a whole lot. So we kind of wrap up with the epilogue, um, which is um, sort of a, about rivalry and, again, this wisdom and this folly and how um, we can get caught in between these two um, of the wise and the mockers and all of this sort of can keep us off track of what we really need to do, which is to be diligent and thoughtful and faithful and be human, have humility and love. Um, so that's sort of the wrap up of that first part of 
Proverbs. And I'm looking forward to next week as we um, get into more of Solomon, but also sort of these collections. So the first part of Proverbs is more lessons. And the second part of Proverbs is more sort of these collections. Um, And then again, through it all, we have this beautiful poetry um, and literature. And it's just really been interesting to kind of see how this was all set up. One thing I was thinking about, Alan, is something I like about Proverbs is if you are someone that really loves literature or like relates more to poetry, like this is a great book for you, you know, um, if you're someone that really needs the the rules set out for you, this is a great book for you. It kind of has all sides to it, doesn't it? Um, which is not something I'd really thought about before. Alan, you're on mute. Come on. <laughs> Three years in, you'd think I'd figure this out. Um, <laughs> yeah, they stopped mowing, and so I stopped thinking about it. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the many reasons why I think there's a variety of genre in Scripture is because God and God's design knew that there would be a variety of learning styles. And so some things you can get by hearing a parable. Some things you can get by a list of names, like at the beginning of Matthew. Some things you can get by a list of laws like Leviticus. Some things you can only get by poetry, like Psalms, the way Proverbs is written. Just something about it just gets at us a different way. I mean, it's it's why we offer advice to children in nursery rhymes or in little catchy phrases or because just being told something is one thing, but being told in a way that is going to stick with you and be memorable is completely different. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for the wisdom of Proverbs. Um, I'm grateful to spend time with you and talk about it. And um, I hope this is super helpful to others and hopefully y'all will dig in. Um, I want to remind you, and I know that Alan will do this is um, Dr. Tony's show notes about um Uh, Proverbs is just chock full of really good information if this is something you want to learn more about. So listeners, as always, remember that we love you, but most importantly, God does. 